0: Welcome to the Hill Pursuit Podcast, where we talk about training and life. Enjoy the show.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the Hill Pursuit Podcast, episode 26, May 23, 2021. Here we are. It's post-race. I just got done with an Olympic triathlon. Mitch is checking in, seeing how I'm doing. We're alive. We're doing good. I have a post-race IPA in hand, and I'm ready to go. How are you doing, Mitch?
0: I'm good. Glad to hear you're doing good. Looking good. So that's awesome to hear. I didn't really, we kind of talked a few minutes before the podcast, but I was kind of wait to pry your brain until we actually jumped in.
1: Yeah, yeah. It uh, It went really well. I'm really looking forward to kind of diving into it. So It was a good day Um, race was essentially uh, not, I can't say flawless, but it went really, really well. And um, you know, weather was perfect. All the things that you want, all the things you want to kind of fall into into place for a, a good race and a solid performance really just kind of fell into place. So before we dive into that, just real quick, if you're listening, And you've been listening. Thanks for following along. Um, like I said, this is the Hill Pursuit podcast. You guys can access all of our other podcasts. So 25 other episodes, um, on our website, hillpursuit.com. Um, the podcast streams on Spotify, um, Google podcasts and Podbean. And then on our website, hillpursuit.com, we have a daily blog where we just kind of talk about training life, anything in between. And, um, you know, we have an email address as well. So please, if you have questions for us, comments, feedback, like, subscribe, check it all out, shoot us an email, gmail.com And we would love to kind of start and continue that conversation um, with you guys. So again, thanks for checking us out. This is episode 26. Before we dive into this little race recap, which um, again, is going to be a you know, pretty quick because I literally just got home from this race, but, um, we have some other cool stuff going on too. So Mitch, um, you've been doing some testing and we're diving into your program now, but tell us how testing is going. We've been testing a couple things with you, um, over the, the, you know, the past week or so. So, um, we got a couple, here's the list, here's the list of things just to kind of remind everybody sit and reach three RM back squat, 60 second max repetitions back extension with a 25 pound plate, hamstring mobility, one and a half mile open run, and then a 5K run with a 50 pound ruck. So Mitch, you've been working through most of these tests. We're wrapping up the testing period, I believe tonight, um, and diving into day one of your 16 week block for your elk hunt and we all want to know how it's going so fill us in this is not how to periodize for an elk hunt part whatever what would it be part five at this point um we'll have another yeah we'll we'll have another one of those you know when we get closer to maybe like a mid test or a reassessment of your your program but this is not a part of that how to periodize for an elk hunt little series that we're doing but we do want to check in so just kind of tell us how it's going. You know, what, what have you been doing and how are your tests um, going?
0: It's good. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to hear about your race more than I think. (laughs) I'm more excited to talk about my testing, but uh, it's all part of what we're doing. So, you know, it's kind of goes back to, you can lay a perfect plan out, but it's not going to always work out as you hoped. And that's kind of where I'm at with testing yeah, I, technically we were supposed to be hitting the ground running on the 20th with day one of the program and life kind of threw curveballs in terms of work where I uh, was working a little bit longer than I anticipated and, uh, and you know it's people can say oh we just get the workout in and you kind of I have a job sometimes where sleep is extremely important and you're not always getting adequate sleep that you should so sometimes I have to put that first and and that, that doesn't always mean that I get the rest that I should. I still wake up and train some days. But some days I was like, well, I'm not going to test today because it probably would be a totally skewed number than I think I could actually perform it. So I did my 1.5-mile run last week. And let's just say it's not where it has been in the past and uh, it's not where I want it to be. I think I ended up clocking in like a 12.27. So that's not – even close to where I want it to be and I'm I am confident with like what we put together that I can definitely knock that down I I have I think I have the base programming there so um I'm I'm more than confident there and then I wasn't going to test my squat we talked about that but Yeah, yeah my brother I ended up uh my brother ended up lifting with me last week and we kind of got after it in the gym. And I think we, we just started having a little fun. We we're like, let's work up to a heavy three. So I ended up, uh, I worked up to 375 for three. So I'm willing to calculate that what that would be for like a one rep max. I think I did it somewhere around 420. So yeah. I'll probably end up being 85% of that 420. Um, and using that as my, uh, my squat one R and our training max for the for the 16 week long program. And I actually did the back extension, but I did it without weight. Okay. Um, I just did, body, I just did body weight. So I ended up hitting 47 in a minute. Um, and dude, that hurt. That's a hard <laughs> that test. Was, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It was, uh, what did I get to? So, like I said, I was doing it off a Yeti cooler. My brother and I did it together. So that's going to be fun. My brother's actually going to be running the program, like, right alongside of me. And actually yeah, the guy that's that I work with. Yeah. There's yeah. Going to be like, so there's going to be, like, three of us do it, doing it simultaneously. So that'll be kind of cool. Um, and we're all different types of builds and have different backgrounds. So that'll be fun. But we did it. And, you know, I felt it in my back, but my hamstrings were on fire. Yep. <laughs> Um, so that was good. And then I have to do the 5k ruck tonight and, um, the sit and reach yet. So I'm probably just going to knock both. I'm probably going to hit the sit and reach right before my 5k or after whichever yeah, Nice. And, uh, and do the 5k. You know, we were talking about doing the 5k test on like a, uh, like a trail. I'm probably going to do it on a track if I can, and then train on the trails and then test it to get on the track. Oh, like just that. to kind of see you like that?
2: Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. I think a, a track is a lot more controlled. So, in terms of like the repeatability of a test, it's important to no, not every single test you do is going to be super controlled. Like, you know, what if it starts pouring right when you're on the track? Right. But I mean, the track is a lot more controlled than a trail. So, I mean, I like that in a sense. Um, but then yeah i also like training on a more you know variable terrain where you yeah. have to deal deal with the elements so
0: yeah i'm all um, about that i'm all about it. we'll test in like a controlled area and then i'll train anywhere it doesn't matter if i have a yeah, 5k right. rock to do you and know, i i can drop in anywhere and do it and
2: yeah um mm-hmm. and then in terms of your sitting range i'm just sitting here thinking now because you already do a lot of mobility, I'm guessing your sit and reach and your hamstring mobility are going to be like two tests that we just want to maintain while also improving everything else. Because you already do a bunch of mobility, it's not like it's not like you've never done mobility before. You do it all all the time. So, right. um, you know, you're going to test the mobility just to kind of see where you're at, but you're then going to just hope that it stays there while improving in everything else. So, you know, we're not looking to like break new ground with your mobility. We're just looking to keep it where it's at because you already do it regularly and it's already sufficient, you know? So um, we're just going to get a little baseline. Um, But again, it's not really a baseline of someone who doesn't do mobility. It's really just a baseline so we know where you're at so we can keep it there that's what it's for so yeah i'm sitting here like thinking about what why you're doing the mobility that's really that's the true reason to make sure it stays where it's at while you still improve
0: all of these other elements yeah yeah definitely and it's, it's a good like you said, like kind of like monitoring tool so yeah yeah
2: yeah
0: cool well awesome
2: um cool should we dive into this little race recap
0: yeah man, let's do it.
2: All right, so first and foremost, um literally just got home from this race, haven't showered, you know. Um <laughs> this is literally as raw of a recap as it could possibly be, and I'll just I'll just say to people who are listening that um tomorrow, which is Monday, I'll put a more detailed recap into the Hill Pursuit blog So make sure you read the blog tomorrow. I'll put us, you know, way more detailed recap, um, into, in the form of a blog post. And then we have a cool, um, we have a really cool, um, guest coming onto the podcast and you guys will hear that episode on Tuesday. So, um, just kind of stay tuned and we'll, we'll chat about that towards the end a little bit, which is just so sweet. So, Make sure you guys stick around, listen to this for another 20 minutes or so. You'll hear about this awesome guest who's coming, coming to join us. But okay, cool. So a little bit of a race recap. Um, uh, first of all, it was my first ever Olympic distance triathlon um, today. An Olympic triathlon consists of a 1,500-meter swim in open water. A 25 mile bike ride and a 6.2 mile run. So um, the swim is just under one mile, but you have to remember because it's an open water and you rarely swim in a perfectly straight line. You can safely say it's a mile, and pro- honestly, probably over a mile. But um, the swim, you know, technically is 1500 meters should be um the bike 25 miles honestly my bike has been very very strong lately so I was really really looking forward to just kind of grinding as hard as I could on the bike um because I've had a lot of great uh cycling sessions lately so and this this course I even rode about a, a week or two ago I rode the entire course with a group of people and felt very very confident in the course in terms of the the rolling hills you know not not crazy hills but rolling enough that you have to you know you if, if you have some familiarity with the course it's definitely going to help you in terms of when to push when to pull back when to just grind up a hill and when to um, you know, really dive into arrow position as fast as you can. So, um, that was cool that I had that, that knowledge prior to, um, today. So that was pretty sweet. And then the run, which is a 10 K. Um, I'll say this before today. (laughs) So a little bit of a a little bit of foreshadowing, but before today, I would say a 10 K I could literally do in my sleep any time of day in under 55 minutes, like easy around a nine minute mile. If I, if I wanted it to be that slow, I could do a 10 K at a nine minute mile. Um, Super easy, simple. Um, So I had no issue with the run, no issue with the bike and was really honestly just hoping that the swim went well. Um, You know, jump in whenever you have something for me, but I'm just going to keep going the swim. Um, well, let me, I'll backtrack a little bit. The race started at 7 45. I woke up at 4 AM. Um, I made a little breakfast. I had one egg, um, probably a, a full white potato. And, um, what else did I have? I had, um, two protein waffles with, uh, strawberry jam. So, um, that's pretty standard, like race morning, uh, breakfast for me about two hours prior to, and then, um, about 45 minutes prior to start, I had a full, um, like raisin bagel. And then about 10 to five to 10 minutes prior to start, I had um a sodium saturated um it's called goo roctane. Uh it's like a little pouch. It's like 110 calories. And I also had a bunch, not a bunch, I had four salt tabs with a bunch of sodium in them. So um I had salt tabs. That's actually the only time I had salt tabs, I had a goo roctane prior to um slugged a a bunch of water and electrolyte mix. Um, if you're wondering, I use, uh, precision hydration for my electrolytes, which has worked for me for a little bit over a year now. Um, I really like the mix. It's, you know, for someone who sweats a lot, it's a nice mix, but anyway, um, so I get to the race. When did I get there? Uh, transition area closed at 645. So I got there around 620, which gave me about 20 to 25 minutes to set up my space, which is way more time than I needed. But um, with traffic, and I wasn't sure how long the line to check in would be, I wanted to give myself time. Um, So I ended up having about 20 minutes to set up my area. And, you know, the, the biggest thing you need to set up before the swim is i mean i mean you need to set everything up but for me the most important thing was making sure that my fuel for when i got out of the water and onto the bike making sure that my fuel was completely set up perfectly so i had um at an applesauce packet and i also had another goo rocktain in my bike helmet i put those two into my triathlon kit so into my when I got out of the water, I'll come back to the swim. But when I got out of the water, I prepped to put those two pieces of food, I guess, into the back of my outfit, into some pouches. So that when I was on the run, I could use them whenever I wanted. Um, I didn't want them in my kit for the bike because on my bike, I have um, a space for food, which is awesome. So it's like right in between my legs, I can unzip a little pouch and grab food. And I already had that set up. So I grabbed the other food and put it in my kit for the run, which is, of course, the last leg. But um, that was the most important thing. Make sure I had all the food and fuel that I needed 100% ready to go because transition one from swim to bike is definitely longer, at least for me because you're taking your wetsuit off, you're putting, you know, you're drying your feet, you're putting, um, compression sleeves on if you need them. I chose to use them today. Um, you're putting sunglasses, you're putting socks, you're putting cycling shoes, helmet. It's just more time than when you come in off the bike, you hop off the bike, you put on your running shoes and you're gone. That's as quick as it should be. So, there's a lot more to do from swim to bike than bike to run, so I took my time and made sure that that was all set up before 6:45. Good to go. I got into the water. I swam probably. I'd like to say I probably swam two to three hundred meters, just kind of warm up in open water. They had a little roped off area to swim a little bit, which was perfect for me and I was comfortable. Um, Fast forward. Okay. Race starts. I'm taking too long here. The race starts. And, um, there were like 55 to 60 men doing the Olympic distance. So we all started at one time, which was actually really cool for someone who's like less experienced. So that was only my fourth ever triathlon. The other three that I did were all sprints which is completely half of what I did today. Um, So I would say I'm fairly inexperienced still in terms of the racing. Um, It was just really cool to see all those people start at the same time. Um, So this was by far the longest triathlon I've ever done. My training prepared me for it, even though my racing experience hasn't really been there for something like this. So anyway, Swim starts. Um, I started off, you know, breathing a little heavy. You know, you have nerves and excitement, and I knew that I would. So I'm like really pulling back. I'm trying to slow down as much as I can. Um, I did a pretty good job of slowing down. <clears throat> um, I'll say this in the past for sprint distances, which is only 750 meters, less than a half mile for sprint distances three of them that I've done, I have breaststroked a good amount because of my level of comfort in the water. Today for 1500 meters, I breaststroked twice for like a total of 10 seconds. And it was only because I ran into another swimmer. Like I felt so strong in the water. I don't even know where it came from. Like, I, I I mean, it, it was just it was like, just, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've worked so hard and it I'll be honest, what really helped was also getting into the open water on Monday. There was the first open, wa- <clears throat> excuse me, first open water swim of the season at this Lake. So I got into the water and I got to swim about 20, 24 to 2,800 meters. And it felt really good. And it was a big confidence booster. Um, So I I just felt so comfortable. Um, Before the race started, I told my wife, I told Morgan, I was like, if I come out of the water in 35 to 40 minutes, that's a victory. Because I could probably go swim a mile in the pool in like a half hour. But when you're in open water, you know, you can't swim in a straight line. There's more variables. Yes, you might swim a little bit faster because you have your um, wetsuit on, but that's not always the case because you have all that adrenaline and you're freaking out and you might need to slow down big time. You might have to breaststroke a lot, whatever. I came, I, I took the last turn in the water and I'm sitting there, I'm swimming and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm a pretty good judge of like, just time. And I, said, yeah. I, I said to myself, there's no way this is taking me 35 minutes. I'm moving fast. So there's no way. Plus it was literally like a small box. And when I made the first turn, I started passing a lot of people, all the people who started off way too fast. I started passing about five, 600 meters into the run, into the, into the swim. And I knew that I was moving pretty good. And I, I made the last turn, and I have about 500 meters left, and I'm literally saying to myself, there's just no way. This is 35 to 40 minutes. Like, I'm moving pretty good. I stood up out of the water, and I looked at my watch for the first time, and it said 24 minutes.
0: Holy smokes, man.
2: Yeah. It said 24 minutes, and that just kind of lit a fire. And I was Did you like,
0: like- – the- Did did you like wipe your eyes off to make sure you're looking at the right
2: time? I I, I had to. Yeah. Like it it just blew my mind. I was like, how is this possible? Turns out, turns out afterwards, my wife told me that there were only about 10 people who finished in front of me and I must've been booking on that swim. So in my wildest dreams, I never, never, would have guessed that my swim would be one of the stronger legs of any triathlon ever and honestly it was arguably my strongest leg today which was insane to me anyways fast forward I checked the watch it says 24 minutes and I just get juiced I'm just stoked to see that so I start taking, I start running to transition I'm taking my wetsuit off and I get in there, I'm putting sunglasses on, helmet, putting my socks on, getting ready to go. Transition took me about four minutes. And I'd say that was probably quicker than most because of the wetsuit aspect. Like if I wasn't wearing a wetsuit, I could be in and out of there in like two minutes, but I've never raced with a wetsuit before. So it definitely took me a while to get it off. And um, anyway, about four minutes. But I get onto the bike and I'm just feeling incredible because I just swam the swim of my life, right? So I just start destroying this bike course, and I say that, and what I mean is, I don't, I don't think I've ever biked as hard um, for that distance before. And the, you know, I'll, I'll take a step back. The group ride that I did two weeks ago on the same course, we averaged about 14 miles an hour, uh, speed, and it was pretty leisurely for me. Um, so, and it was a nice, like feel out to know how the rolling Hills felt and stuff like that. 14 miles an hour, two weeks ago today, I averaged about 18 and a half miles per hour, close to 19 miles per hour. I literally biked pretty much as hard as I possibly could the whole time. Um, I didn't really take breaks even on downhills. I just geared up and I kept pedaling as fast as I could. Um, you know, I felt that it was a distance that I was comfortable enough with that because I've, I've easily biked over 20, 25 miles, you know, I don't even know how many times up to this point, countless. So um, I literally wanted to use today to just attempt to burn myself out and just see what it took, see what I could do. So I biked as hard as I could and I averaged almost 19 miles an hour. And my goal for the bike was an hour and a half. I finished, which is like 16.5 miles an hour. I finished in 115 and I got into transition and I'm looking at my watch and my pace. I'm just like shaking my head. I'm like, where is this coming from? How, how is this happening? You know, because, you know, let's take a step back. I've never done this distance before ever. You know, I've, I've biked 25 miles. I've run plenty of 10 K's or, or way longer. And I've also swam a mile, not an open, not an open water and not all of this together. Right. But, I'm literally looking at my watch and I just can't believe it. I can't believe what's happening. So uh the second transition, I literally just took my shoes off, um, put on a baseball cap instead of my helmet, made sure I had my fuel, took another swig of water, and I got out of transition in about 90 seconds. So very, very fast um transition from bike to run. I get out onto the run and I told myself even before I started doing well today, I told myself before the race that I would run at least the first two miles, no faster than nine, nine ten to nine fifteen per mile pace, just to make sure I didn't overdo the run right off the bat. Right. So I run my first two miles at 910, 915, feeling fine. Um, towards the end of the second mile, it it became clear that I was almost. I was almost overheating because my tri kit was saturated with water and sweat and I needed to almost like take it off. And you know, so, so I basically told myself, look, I'm going to run the first 5k 3.1 miles just at around 9:10, instead of like kicking it into gear. So I ended up running the first 5k around nine Oh five, which I was fine with. I wanted it to be a little quicker, but I didn't really have it because, um, this is also something I forgot to say. I drank way too much liquid on the bike. So I got off and started running and just felt so bloated and my stomach was like just sloshing all over. So nine Oh five was the best I had, honestly, or I won't say best. I'll say the smartest that I had for the first five K after the first five K I tried picking it up a little bit and I did brought it down to about 9 overall and then I realized look I only have two more miles um I don't really have I can't really push it like I thought I could so I stayed right around 9 to 9:10 nine, average pace um which don't get me wrong not a blistering pace at all um but it was fast enough that um my original goal of 3 hours turned into a goal of two fit or sorry not two fifteen turned into a goal of two forty five and I ended up beating that goal. I actually finished in two four two hours and forty-three minutes and I I just I honestly can't believe that it even happened that fast. So um all the things kind of came together. I will say in terms of a learning experience um for a longer race, I'm definitely not going to rip the bike quite as hard. Um, I'd probably take that 18 and a half to 19 miles per hour and drop it down to about 17 to stay comfortable. So I can, because let's be real, I have a 70.3 in three weeks. Yeah. Which I'm also ready for. But that run is a half marathon. It's not a 10K. So right. I got another, I have another hour out there. You know, so, um, I can't overdo the bike and I'm glad that I pushed as hard as I did today because that was a great learning experience for me. Um, so when that bike does come up, uh, in three weeks, I'm not going to push it past about 17, maybe 17 and a half. Now, what's nice about Eagleman, the 70.3 I'm doing is that it is 100% as flat as flat can be. So um it is literally um cycling nonstop, no hills to climb, no hills to go down. Um, so it's kind of unique in that sense. But um yeah, I'm just gonna be a lot more a lot smarter with my pace on the bike and you know, all in all. Official results were not posted yet, but I do know my time was under two forty-five just because of the watch that I was using and I I was ecstatic, ecstatic. I I mean, just, you know, kind of mind blown that I did as well as I did having never done that distance before. So I know we're kind of up against the gun. That's, that's my, that's my brief as brief as I can make it race recap. I'll give a more detailed blog, but, and that'll be tomorrow. But what do you got for me? You got some questions. I saw you writing some stuff down.
0: Yeah. That's first off. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's uh I really doubt, dude, that you would spoke it, you know, you've been, you have a program and you're following it and putting in the effort. So that that's speaks nice. volume. And look at, and yeah, man, look what happens when you put some work in. pays yep. yep. off, man. Um, so I was going to, first off, I want to ask, like, was there, was there ever like a time where you were, because we talked about before, like you're out in the environment and stuff was there ever a time where you had a hiccup like gear wise or anything like that? Or was it just like totally crisp today? Like nothing?
2: Trying to think. Um, no issues with my goggles, no issues with my wetsuit. I will say the socks that I chose held water a little more than I would have liked. So maybe my feet were a little too wet on the bike ride, but, um, Uh I mean, dude. Aside from no, that, I think no gear issues. Yeah, well, that's good. I'm, yeah, no gear issues.
0: That's phenomenal. Um, good, good. And then, is it was it difficult because you never you have never put all these together in the same di- and you never did like a mock meet, right? Like, put this all together in the same distance. Have you?
2: No, I haven't. I've never done this distance all together. I've I've done brick workouts where it might be like swim run or run swim or um you know bike run or swim bike or something like that but i've never done all three at this distance before now
0: so it was like the was it challenging thinking how you're going to pace yourself i know i heard you say that yeah. uh, you already kind of laid out was that kind of tough it
2: was it was tough to figure out how to pace because I've, i haven't done the distance of all three together so <laughs> But for the reason of my training being as strong as it was, I knew and I was confident that I could literally go out and go as hard as I possibly could. And if I, you know, if I beefed it or redlined, then so be it. And I'm, I, it's just a learning experience, um, which I'm happy to say didn't happen, although could have happened if I pushed the run too hard, but I was, I started being really smart on the run and I said, you know what, I'm just going to stay here and, and um you know be smart and still finish it out relatively strong not super strong but strong enough i, I was, still had a confident run
0: what well, that's awesome they were just kind of like my big ones yeah that, that's what i even had those questions kind of when you're going into it yeah one always always like hey what's what are the hiccups and how did you overcome them and uh two it's like hey it's your first time doing this What well, what was like the mental yeah. aspect behind it but you kind of and all that so it kind of sound like if, to recap it it kind of sounds like you were going to just kind of stride the swim out but you felt good and you didn't you didn't go in hell's bells right off the get-go and you ended up starting picking up the pace in the middle and then the bike you just kind of smoked yeah you're, you're confident in the bike it's yeah kind of like you're the most confident in your in my bike is that right yeah yeah are you most confident in your bike
2: yeah i am for sure um especially after today like i i I still pulled back a little bit today on the bike like i i still back and geared down and um got my cadence high just to like keep the blood flowing a little bit more than normal where i could have just um you know put the pedal to the metal and kept pushing as hard as possible but i was still don't get me wrong i didn't just destroy myself on the bike. I had a very intelligent bike ride, but it was still hard, like freaking hard. I still pushed myself very, very hard, just not a hundred percent, but probably 90 to, you know, 90 to a little bit higher. Like I, I pushed very hard, but I still was intelligent because I'm not stupid. And I know what it takes to run a 10 K you know what I mean? Like when I have to bike 56 miles in three weeks, I'm not going to go out and try to average 20 miles per hour.
0: Right.
2: You know, I can't do that. Um, I know what it takes to run a half marathon. I'm going to be smart and make sure that I am feeling good for that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Almost nothing went wrong, you know, knock on wood, uh, no flat tires, no, no bike or mechanical issues. Um, you know, I've had my goggles kicked off before in a sprint and that didn't happen today. You know, like almost nothing went wrong, which is crazy. Um, because something almost always does, you know, does go wrong. And I'm very lucky that nothing did, and I was able to really race as almost as hard as I could. So um it was an awesome experience. I had a great day. And um real quick, just since we're at our time here um let's talk about what tuesday is going to be for our viewers you want to talk about that quick for our listeners
0: yeah, yeah are we are is he cool like we're dive. he or uh we're laying out exactly what he's yep. doing
2: yep
0: he's cool with that yeah so um kenneth what rogers correct yeah <laughs> i'm not trying to dive all mr names, rogers really. yeah so he's coming on tuesday um actually We're going to record Monday night. Yep. So he's actually going for the Guinness Book of World Record pull-ups within 24 hours. Um, and I think I might have had the facts wrong last time that I googled who currently holds it because I, I talked to him since. So I apologize if, apologize if I uh, um, gave wrong info last time. But he, he'll give us more information and what he's going for, who currently has it, and what he's trying to break and the, the specific numbers. Um, so I don't want to I don't want to put anything in his mouth right now. So yeah. just a quick background: um, Ken, Ken was actually uh, an undergrad student when I was a master's student um, for uh, out of Western PA. So um, I go back a little bit with him, and obviously you do too. Um, and just a great, great guy. Uh, whether whether we were having him on to break the Guinness Book of World Records or talking about uh, just training, he would be a uh, he'd be an entertainment to a listener. So I'm looking forward to having him, having him on. And I think it'll be fun.
2: Yeah. He, I mean, I echo all of that for sure. He's definitely, I can comfortably say he's a friend of the show for sure. Um, yeah. He and I still text from time to time. If he has training questions, um, he'll throw me some questions. If I'm doing some cool stuff that I know is up his alley, I'll definitely run st- some stuff by him. Um So, this is someone we're definitely in communication with from time to time. Guys, he is trying to break the world record for pull ups. And it, it, like, this isn't something real quick. I know we're going to get out the door here, but this is not something he's just like doing for fun on his own. He's been training for months and months, and he's attempted this a couple other times. He's bringing in the Guinness Book, a Guinness Book of World Records um, judge or whatever you want to call that person, observer or I don't even know, judge, I guess. Yeah, yeah, sounds like a
0: good term.
2: But he's bringing someone in to monitor him for 24 hours to see if he breaks the, the Guinness Book of World Records for pull-ups in 24 hours. Like he's not, this isn't just a for fun thing or some, you know, some um, slouch. This kid is is going to get very close to doing this, if not actually do it so it's awesome one i think it's awesome we even know this person and two it's really really sweet that he's willing to come on to the show and talk about it and give us a little insight into what his training is like because i know it's been absolute mayhem um he's he does some crazy stuff he always has done crazy stuff and i'm really looking forward to hearing hearing about it a little bit more so hopefully you guys are are definitely in tune for that. That's going to air on Tuesday, um, five So make sure that you check that out. Um, but for right now, Mitch, what else you got?
0: No, that's it. Um, I'm looking forward to that, but, uh, that's all I have. Good job for you today, man. Proud yeah, of you.
2: Thanks. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Keep it, it rolling. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening real quick. Check us out. Hillpursuit.com. Um, check out the daily blog all the other podcast episodes are accessible there we're on spotify podbean google podcasts you can also send us an email hillpursuit at gmail.com and don't forget we're on social media facebook instagram at hill pursuit until next time this is episode 26 episode 27 make sure you tune in we're gonna have ken rogers attempt to break the world record for pull-ups in 24 hours it's gonna be awesome make sure you tune into that. That's going to air on Tuesday, the 25th. Until then, thanks for listening. See you next time.